coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we make like Mike Jones and tumble through time! It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going great. Can I tell you, I am very excited for the opening of uh, Super Nintendo World at Universal Studios Hollywood. Which is happening tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Uh, We won't be there for it. (laughs) No, that's also right. Right. But we can still be excited for something even when we're not there. Exactly, because we're going to be there just a few days later. That's right. We're going to be there on Sunday, February 26th. Um, Patrick and I are going to be hanging out at Universal Studios all day long. We intend to be at Super Nintendo World as much as possible until that big chunky toad, like, drags us away. That's right. I mean, also until there's, like, a, a showing of the Waterworld Stunt Show Spectacular. Oh, I mean, of course. We're absolutely going to that. I mean, it's the highest no. rated attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood. It's the best. It's so good. I The last two times I went to Universal, Mark, I didn't get on. I didn't get into the Waterworld Stunt I'm Show Spectacular. I'm so sorry. It's a crime. A wasted trip? Uh, yeah. I mean, kind of, yeah. When is the last time that you... Okay. For... Now... A lot of people are probably listening to this, and I'm only half kidding about liking the Waterworld stunts spectacular. You're half kidding about it? <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> but it is it is so popular yes. that when they built Universal Studios Beijing, they built a whole Waterworld land. A movie Amazing. that like Famously been, bombed. <laughs> famously bombed. <laughs> has not been relevant forever. Right. And yet the show is beloved. Yeah. What's your question? <laughs> I guess I really, I guess, I guess really I don't have one. <laughs> right, right. Just right. that we're going to be at Universal Studios yes. Hollywood Sunday, February 26th. We're going to be spending as much time as pop- possible at Super Nintendo World in between showings of Waterworld the Stun Spectacular. I mean, they drive around Splash on jet tacular? skis. What do they call it? I don't know what they call it. They drive around on jet skis. There are explosions. There are water cannons that shoot into the audience. Like A plane lands at the end. A plane lands it's on the water. Incredible. Yeah. It's a great show mark speaking of great shows the show you're listening to right now it's a great show you can support it by going to patreon.com wait wait wait. sorry sorry yes i mean you're 100 percent right uh-huh but the reason i was bringing this up going to super nintendo world at universal studios hollywood yes. on sunday february 26th was not to brag it was to say we're gonna be there and if you are we're not we're yes, not doing like yes. because it's a short notice we're not doing like a formal meetup but if you happen to be there on the 26th, let us know. Hit us up on Discord. Send us a message. Send us an email. Because um, we would love to meet up with listeners and hang out and uh, go ride Bowser's Challenge together. So Or go let's... check out the Waterworld Stunt Show together. That's fine, too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, possibly better. <laughs> look, look, Mark. There were 17 games for the Virtual Boy. One of them was Waterworld. It's related, okay? It is on game for us to talk about Waterworld. There, I mean... We're going to do an episode talking about water world <laughs> super nintendo world is going to be a lot of fun but if we could get a group of us and listeners yes, yes. together to go watch the water world splash stunt tacular that would be making up words <laughs> that would be very fun as well so anyways yeah february 26th mm-hmm. um hope to see you there 
we have a Patreon now. Patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society. Where, you know, we're putting out some fun bonus content that if you would like to support us at the 8 or $16 levels, um, you can check it out. We're currently in the middle of a miniseries we're doing about detective shows. We're calling it NCS Detective Club. So far, we have watched a couple episodes of Murder, She Wrote. We watched some episodes of Monk, and we talk about those episodes. We talk about those shows and their greater place in the television canon, uh, the weird way that the politics of one show's theme song don't, don't match the politics of the show itself um they're really fun i'm really proud of those episodes so if that is of interest to you go uh check them out uh, thank you to our new patrons jimmy mora bros Askew, and eddie martin thank yes you guys so much thank you thank you everybody uh and thank you to everyone who has uh, al- already uh, uh become a-, a patron uh also you should get in our discord um we have a great time in there we're talking about nintendo games basically all the time uh you can see how your fellow nintendo fans are reacting to new game libraries um, and how many of them they've played all the way through already. Paul's a monster. He's played through so many Game Boy games. It's impressive. Uh, it's an invite-only thing, so uh, if you would like an invitation, please email us, Society at gmail.com. All right, Mark, let's get into our topic. Let us discuss our favorite games from 5, 10, 20, and 30 years ago. Now, Mark, this is, first of all, this was uh, go- was going to be our topic last week, and then Nintendo disrupted everything by putting out, like, the best Direct we've ever seen. <laughs> but we've done, a, uh, uh, we've done this exact topic a couple years ago, but because years have passed since then, and because it wasn't exactly five years ago that we did it, everything here is fresh. Yeah, that's right. I think we did it last in, or before, in 2019. Yeah, that's So it's that's been right. a while. It's, it has been a little while, um, but I, I think... I mean, part of the reason why we wanted to do it before the Direct was announced was that uh, there was all this, like, anticipation about, like, is Nintendo going to do a Direct? What's the future of Nintendo? And we were like, no, 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 no. The future's great, but the future's going to come no matter what, right? The past. Now, the past is something we can explore forever, right? Um, And I think the Nintendo Direct was also, like, yeah, the future's great. We'll get there. Here's Tears of the Kingdom. It's still coming out. But all this other stuff, it's from the past. Uh, Prime Remaster, the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance libraries, Etrian Odyssey. <laughs> um, like, all of these uh, all these things coming back from the past. So, like, I don't know. It feels to me like Nintendo is in a celebrate its own past mood. So why don't we do the same? Yeah, and this was uh, fun to look back, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And kind of see like the context of the time the games that were released then because looking back through the different years it was kind of um i don't know i i had a lot of fun just like going back and revisiting and being like oh yeah what did come out in 2003 yeah so like the the goal here is for us to determine like what our favorite game of that year was but i think we're also going we can't help but like give a bunch of context as to both like what Nintendo was putting out at that time, what the hardware was and where we were in our like game playing. Um, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm barreling towards the word career, but I hate that. <laughs> no, let's embrace it. Uh, our our game, game playing careers. careers. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so, I mean, f- we got to start off with uh, the, the first year, five years ago, we're at 2018. 
This show existed. This show existed, yeah. which, first of all, blows my mind. It also blows my mind that, like, five years ago, and this is just how time works, was two years into the Switch's life cycle. <laughs> we aren't even into the Switch's launch year anymore. No, no. Yeah, that's right. We um, were past the incredible year that was 2017. Right. 2018, uh, nothing to sniff at, but... Nothing it, to sniff at, but sort of a slump year for, for the Switch, I think. Uh, I was surprised looking back at like the list of games yeah. that were released where um, it there was stuff... But it wasn't. I mean, there's we were stuff still... and it ends in Super Smash Brothers. So like, yeah, we exactly. Can't can't discount the, li- the and, library entirely. And the 3DS still existed, mm-hmm. but it really was kind of like running on fumes. Yes. By 2018, and then we were getting some mobile titles like Dragalia Lost. Oh yeah, released sure. in 2018. Um, yeah, I I mean I I do think it's interesting that like, for me it's like 2019 where the Switch really like kicks in again. Um, as like an exciting because we get Luigi's Mansion three, we get the Link's Awa- uh, Awakening remake, we get uh, Pokemon, we get um, what's the the big one that I'm skipping over right now? Oh, a Fire Emblem, uh, Three Houses. Um, but all that's 2019. We're not there yet. We're in 2018. Uh, Mark, by my math, I think that I think there are four big big ish Switch releases, and I think they're Mario Rabbids, Labo, Tropical Freeze, and Super Smash Brothers. So. I think that Mario Rabbids came out in 2017 in the U.S., but came out in 2018 oh, in Japan. Thank you. So it's like... I get tricked by that. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it came out in January in Japan, but was a 2017 release in the U.S. and Europe. I've deleted it from my notes. It is not my pick anyway of uh, what my game of, of that year But sorry, what were, the, what were the ones that you listed? Labo, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze with funky mode uh and super smash brothers ultimate yeah so the um which comes out at the end of the year which comes yeah in december uh, you know i have a, a couple of other games on here that i think you're right that you know i think you're right that 2018 was a little bit of a slump year in hindsight but yeah. when we were in it like lava was crazy sure and we got three labo kits uh-huh. in 2018 i have two of them in my house right now and we had a lot of fun putting them like together mm-hmm. and so i think there was a lot of exciting Did vr things. come out the next it, year no i think it was also in 2018 okay, okay. like toward the end of 2018 but i could be wrong because there were four labo sets total right there oh, was so maybe it was 2019 because maybe the first three was like the like the there's variety the variety kit. the big robot and then the vehicle and then kit. the third one was the vehicle kit yeah. so you're right yeah. so vr must have come out in 2019 um but some other like notable games in 2018 kirby star allies yep. was released yep. in march uh and on the uh, mario tennis aces mm-hmm. yeah in june great great point there were a couple of indie games that caught my eye on here so yoku's island express which i did not love but it came out thimbleweed park which (laughs) which released on switch in uh which is like a point and click adventure game and then overcooked and overcooked 2 i think were 2018 and so plus there was xenoblade chronicles 2 torn of the golden country mega man 11 was 2018 do you remember starlink battle for atlas yeah i remember starlink what's interesting is like this is between starlink and labo it accounts for a lot of the just like gray storage boxes that are above my refrigerator like it's just full of that stuff yeah starlink if you don't remember was an ubisoft Mm cross-platform game that on it was like a 
at the very end, you know, like Disney Infinity was about to shut down or maybe they hadn't, you know, I like, feel like they already had. Maybe they had announced it or something. Because there's no Disney Infinity on Switch. Right. So like, yeah. so toys that like Toys to Life trend was coming to an end. But Ubisoft released this new IP called Starlink where Battle for Atlas that was like a space shooter that you could buy the toys and yes. like connect them to something to so your... yeah the 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 toys at least on on switch um like they had a uh, a controller that or it was like a little dock that you put your uh joy con like connected the joy con to and then the ships were like plugged into the top of it um and of course in the and this was a multi-platform game but on switch uh it included star fox and the star fox characters so the box version came with a little r-wing and a little like fox uh action figure that like slides into it um and i have that and i have those and it's very cool um but it's also like not the right way to play the <laughs> not the right way to play the game <laughs> but i feel like that was like uh, the Switch version had to have been the best-selling one because it had the Star Fox characters, like, totally. like Star Fox content. Totally. The only the other Switch game that I wanted to point out that came out in 2018, which I really loved, was Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon yeah, Let's yeah, Go yeah. Eevee. And I picked up the Eevee version, and I played like uh, all the way through to the end game and really, really loved this game. I loved the simplified catching mechanics that they borrowed from Go. I it sold well. I don't know really what the reputation of it is. I'm kind of surprised that we've never seen another Let's yeah. Go, but it was for for me and you know, we've talked about before. I'm a very casual Pokémon fan. This was like the ideal Pokémon experience for me. Yeah. Um is that your pick for this year? No. I also have a pick that we haven't talked about yet. Okay. My pick is a 3DS game. Oh. So, my pick for 2018 because we're we're ready to move on to that now, right? Uh, to like what our actual picks were, WarioWare Gold. Um, it is the uh, sort of culmination of classic WarioWare, pulling in like it 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 is basically WarioWare Ultimate, right? Um, it is all the mini games from like every version of uh, WarioWare before this, and you know I, I talk a lot on the show about how. Um, so many uh, Nintendo games and other games that were released like in the uh, early 2000s um, are just going to be lost behind this like two screen technology behind like the touch and tilt and like all these other different like modes of uh, input on on these on these systems. And WarioWare Gold like takes all of those concepts from previous WarioWare games and is like you can do them in this one. Um, and you know, it's it's so it's so much like the bookend to uh, all the WarioWare games that came before that, like the next one that came out on Switch, is like a totally different kind of game where you're controlling little dudes in the space. Um, so WarioWare Gold, I maintain that it is like the perfect plain game, um, and uh, I just I, I love it to pieces. It's full of content, full of it. That's that's a really good pick. That is a very like you said a great way to honor like the WarioWare games and give them a send-off because who knows the next time that we'll be able to, you know, like um play a WarioWare game that way where you're like tilting it and Yeah. And like has like the microphone so you can blow on it or whatever. Yeah. Um 
but also uh, I I said it's preserving those things, but it's only available to purchase on the <laughs> 3ds uh, eShop for another month. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you know who knows who knows how well any of these things are. Well, it'll, it's a, at least it's a giving, physical game. It's too, at so, least yeah. keeping it going for a little bit longer. It's like a little bit longer, yeah, tiny bit. Um, so my pick, you did mention it in your list of games and it was not originally a Switch game, but I played it all the way through on Switch. Yeah. And Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is my pick for 2018. I really love that game. I don't think I would have loved the Wii U version. Like the Switch version is easier. You have more hearts. You can play as Funky Kong. It's just more forgiving. And I'm really glad I got to experience Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze that way. We did an episode on this show way back. I think you and I played a lot of it together on the Wii U before it was released on Switch. Yeah. And one of the things we talked about a lot is the music in this game. And it is really incredible. The first level or the first world of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is not the best representation of what the game will become. Because it starts basic, right? And the the game goes through so many different like cool world areas not like the movie cool world but there are cool areas that are worlds <laughs> um like the the second one is like an alpine sort of theme there's like a juice factory in there somewhere um they get weird it's not your standard like uh forest desert water uh mountain um and and but it, but this one does start in the jungle and mm-hmm. you're like i've seen jungle before exactly and just like the way that the music works with the levels and yes it becomes more of like a uh like a theme park ride yep. in the way that the music interacts with the world and it's just really incredible i'd love donkey kong tropical freeze and i would love if someday we get another platformer in that vein yeah yeah that would be well, why haven't we why haven't we gotten a new donkey kong country game i don't know I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess we went a really long time between uh, three and returns, but uh, still, like, it just feels weird that like it feels like return like this like returns game should have been a trilogy as well, right? But it no, just a uh, but no, duology. just the two. Yeah. Um. I also I I like picking as your 2018 game a Wii U port. Um, because it just sort of like speaks to where the Switch was, where they're like, oh my god, we need to put like a bunch of games out. Yeah, I no think one it... played the Wii U. <laughs> Not on our list uh, for 2018. I think Captain Toad Treasure Tracker yep. made it to Switch that year. Um, Hyrule Warriors, mm-hmm. like there was a definitive edition or something that was released on Switch in 2018. So there was a lot of, you know, like the beginnings of these Wii U ports making it to Switch in 2018. Uh, okay, Mark, are we ready to move on now to 10 years ago? to 2013 yes okay um so see if we can even put ourselves in in this time 10 years ago the wii u had just come out the november before Mm -hmm. so it is new right wii u is new it is not making a big splash i don't own one mark will never own i will never own a wii u um so like the even like this first year, this first like full year of the Wii U after its release in November, kind of a mixed bag, right? Um, I don't end up uh, picking up my my Wii U until 2014, um, and I get it for Mario Kart 8, right? Um, and like by 18, uh, I, I feel like, or sorry, sorry, by by 14, that's when the Wii U is like really cooking, right? Um, if we were somehow to like create a year that is 
November 13 to November 14, uh, you'd have Super Mario 3D World, Super Mario Kart 8, Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, Tropical Freeze the first time it came out, Hyrule Warriors the first time it came out, the GBA on the Virtual Console. Like, that's a killer year. If the Switch had a year like that, we'd be like, this is a killer year for the Switch. But that is not the year that we're talking about. Yeah, calendar year... Um, not as strong. It's funny, like, my list for the other years of notable games yeah. is pretty long. My list for notable games of 2013 in, between the 3DS yeah. and the Wii U is, like, eight entries long. I will say... Some great games on the 3DS this <laughs> And year. it's not... But yeah, some great games on the 3DS. Uh, and just so we don't forget, 2013 was the year of Luigi. So That's right. it had that going for it. And we got new Super Luigi U in August of 2013. Sure. But what, um, I'm, uh, so some of the games I have on my list is like notable games. A lot of them I have not played. So Fire Emblem Awakening for mm-hmm. the 3DS was released in Great February. Mm-hmm. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon was released in March of that year. A fine Luigi's Mansion game. And also, you know, we live in a world where Luigi's Mansion 3 sold like over 10 million copies. Right. But why hasn't this game also been ported to Switch? <laughs> but when Luigi Mansion, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon was announced, it was such a like surprise. It was like when Metroid Dread was announced because it was that's true. It was like a franchise that you know Luigi's Mansion was a launch game for the GameCube right. was kind of like tepidly received because people were used to there being a brand new Mario game, right? And Luigi's Mansion was so different. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. Cause so in, if, cause Luigi's Mansion comes out in 2001, right. Um, which means that this is 12 years later, the sequel to it coming out. So that's like, and it's, it was a launch game that like sort of served its purpose, but also like kind of felt like a relic of like, oh, you know, that's a launch game. Like, I feel like the analog would be if in 2029, Nintendo puts out arms Two. And it's developed not by Nintendo, but yes. by, like, a second party. Like, uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon was uh, developed by Next Level Games, which would eventually be acquired by Nintendo. Right. But at this point was acting almost like a second party. Um, also on the 3DS that year, uh, The Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. Um, a great entry in the Zelda um, franchise and a great um, 3DS game. Also released Pikmin 3 in August. New Super Luigi U, like I mentioned in in August. Wind Waker, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD was an October release. Mm -hmm. Pokemon X and Y on the 3DS in October. And uh, then Super Mario 3D World in November. So I'm just going to pick it up there because that's my game, is Super Mario 3D World. Um, A game that I have played through uh, so many times. Uh, uh, Did the exact same thing when it came out on on the Switch. Um, It's sort of... I've declared previously that it is among my top five favorite games of all time, and I'm going to stand by that. Um, it's so fun. It's so it's got this like perfect multiplayer chaos. Um, and but if you want to play it single player, like there's enough to explore there. There's enough meat on the bone so that the chaos can also turn into like a a full single player experience. Um, but it does. It has such a good relationship with the Miiverse and the stamps uh, that you collect as part of like communicating on the Miiverse. There's a stamp in every level um, and they're cute. I love the stamps in uh, Super Mario 3D World. They brought them back for the Switch version, but you're like, what do I do with this? And the answer is nothing. You don't do anything with them. Um, also, it introduced us to Captain Toad. Uh, we don't have Captain Toad without Super Mario 3D World. So 
uh, yeah, it's, uh, like I said, one of my favorite games of all time. It's got to be my pick for 2013. Yeah, I didn't play it. I had played it a little bit with you, mm-hmm. but I didn't play it all the way through until it released on Switch. And yeah, Super Mario 3D World, uh, an incredible game. I It would be fun if we get another game in that like style in the I future. I would love it. I would love it. But, uh, you know, who who knows if we who actually knows? will. My pick for it it, for 2013 is The Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds for the 3DS. This is a game that, I, you know, I remember when it was announced and everybody was skeptical, I would say. Yes. Because at at first appearance, you know, the art style, it took a little getting, like, warming up to. Now, I don't really think twice about it, but at the time, the art style was kind of... um, side-eyed a little bit yeah well because it's trying to emulate what uh a link to the past was doing but in a full 3d right um which means embracing these uh these designs that were born out of the graphical constraints of the super nes um but it also meant that like link had pink hair and like that's the only time that he has pink hair um and the all of the models are like cheated a little bit so that you can see more of them. Like what they do a thing uh, or they did things on, you know, like IGN and like other gaming websites where they could like drop the camera down to the side and you could see that like all the characters are leaning to the side. So you could just see more of the character models, even from an overhead perspective. But once the game released and and another, sorry, one more thing before I get into that part of it is that the other thing that a link between worlds did and it's hard kind of to remember that this was the case, but people were sick of the like Zelda formula yes. at this point. Yes. Skyward Sword had come out not that long ago. It ha- had initially very good reviews, but I feel like the reputation of Skyward Sword kind of dipped um for a number of years and I think the HD re- uh revival on the Switch actually did a lot to resuscitate the reputation of that game. Right. And well, and also the the two entries that took a break from the formula uh, also did that. Yeah, exactly. But people, you know, like people were sick of the Zelda formula it where okay, you uh go to a, a dungeon and you get an item, that item helps you defeat the dungeon and then it gets you into the next dungeon. You go through that dungeon, you right. get a new item, so right. on and so forth. Where it's very linear, um you know, the formula just like repeats itself. Now, I think if we got a new game in that formula, people would be excited cuz it's been so long. Right. But that's all Zelda had been since like Ocarina of Time. And A Link Between Worlds was the first time Nintendo started to mess with that formula. You could yep. do dungeons kind of in whatever order you wanted. There was a central store that had all the different items that you could rent or buy and you know, it allowed you to kind of um break the format. And people really appreciated that. Plus, the game is just a ton of fun. The yeah. dungeons are really cool. It uses the 3D and the 3DS in in fun ways. Well, because one of the main hooks is that you can turn into, like, a painting, and then you're just, like, moving along the walls so that, like, you can slip through cracks in the walls. You can go on, you know, places where, like, there is no platform for you to be walking. It's it's very cool. The story with high rule and low rule. So rad. Amazing. A weird, um, weird pun. Like, you already have the dark world. Like, <laughs> why low rule? Okay. But... R- Ravio and Hilda and whatever their version of Ganon is. I, uh-huh, his name. I can't remember his name. Um, all very cool. Yeah, and it's fun that it's like not a remake of A Link to the Past, but like a reflection of A Link to the Past. Yes. It, I don't know. It's just, it turned out to be amazing. Link Between Worlds uh, is a lot of fun. Talking about it makes me want to replay it. 
Unfortunately, I still have your copy and I've never <laughs> given it up. Um, what's interesting is, like, I was just saying that in this year, like, Luigi's Mansion Dark of the Moon is a, a sequel to a game 12 years later. Um, a Link Between Worlds, also out on the 3DS, is a sequel to a game that came out in, what, 91 is when A Link to the Past comes out? 91 or 92, something like that? Tw- 22 years earlier? Um, Nintendo was on some, like, weird bag at this point where they're like, I don't know. Let's just make sequ- like direct sequels to really old games. Oh man, maybe that means. Why sp- aren't they doing that now? Yeah, maybe they will. Maybe maybe someday we're going to get a like sequel to, or I guess another sequel to Phantom Hourglass or something like that. That'd be great. Um, also, I know I said that, and we have Metroid Dread. Like, <laughs> it's there. They're doing it. They're doing it. Um, okay. Would you like to move on now, Mark, to two thousand three? Yeah, so at this point, Nintendo is supporting the Game Boy Advance, mm-hmm. the Game Boy Advance SP, the like uh, physical re- hardware revision of the Game Boy Advance. It will be released in 2003. Mm, yep. And then, so you, they have the Game Boy Advance and the GameCube. At this point, the GameCube has been out for two years, and kind of like the Wii U, is not doing awesome. Not doing awesome. Mark, I gotta say, this is not a big Nintendo year for me. Like... At the time, I'm not super plugged in to Nintendo. This is I'm in college at this point. Um, and while I played a lot of games the year immediately after graduating from college, well, I stayed on campus and worked as uh, in a professional residence life capacity. Um, I did not. I was not really playing games that much at this time. I have written in my notes that most of what I played in 2003 are Halo because everyone's playing Halo, so I wanted to you know hang out with people. So I played a lot of Halo think we can all relate to that um and uh enter the matrix i played on my uh playstation 2 um but that was less a part of me gaming and more a part of me having this blind matrix fandom <laughs> which in the summer 2023 or uh, 2003 we didn't know we didn't know what was gonna happen there no all we really had was the first matrix movie and then there were like the animatrix enter the matrix and the second matrix movie all come out at basically the same time and you're like great i'm all in yeah, that's right. And the f- those come out in 2003, I think. Yes. The two movies. Yes. Oh, man. It was Matrix Mania. Yeah, that's no, right. No, but I, I was playing GameCube at this point, but I, didn't own a, I did not own a GBA in 2003. Mm. I would not get a Game Boy Advance um, until 2004. So while I did play some of the games that were released in this year, I didn't get them on release. Like, honestly, the game on this list well let's run down some of them so yeah because there are there are some good or even great games uh, so in in 2003 you got on the gba the pokemon ruby and sapphire Mm -hmm. in march in march you do get the legend of zelda wind waker right on the gamecube i tom clancy's splinter cell the first (laughs) game in the splinter cell series a series that doesn't exist anymore but for a while was huge uh, released in April of that year. The first WarioWare game, WarioWare Inc. Mega Microgames, came out in May. Advance Wars 2, Black Hole Rising. I uh, didn't realize that it had a subtitle. That came out in June. Kirby Air Ride in October. Super Mario Advance 4, just now playable on yep. Nintendo Switch Online, out in October. Harvest Moon, Friends of Mineral Town. To me, the, like, uh, er, art Harvest Moon game. Uh, was released in November that year. Fire Emblem, November. Mario and Luigi, Superstar Saga, shout out to Jake, came out in November. Mm-hmm. Mario Kart Double Dash came out in November. That is honestly probably the game that I played the most on this list in 2003. 
was Double Dash. Uh, Mario Kart game I don't really like that much. Yeah, um, same. Uh, But this is also the Wind Waker year. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Came uh, out in March. Uh, which, uh, oh yes, which, which you, you, you did say. But that's, that's sort of the, the big one. And I bought it when it came out because I had a GameCube. But I just, like, you know, I just didn't have a lot of time to play games. And it wasn't really until after um, I had more time, had a Wii, uh, and finished Twilight Princess that I was like, what else can I do with this thing? Uh, Wii plays GameCube games. I got a Zelda game I've never played, never really played before. Um, played through Wind Waker at that point and loved it. Um, but I, I personally can't put that as my favorite game of 2003. Cause like in 2003, I barely recognized it as a part of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wind Waker was the first game that I ever pre-ordered. So I remember, wow. I remember, I, think I did too. I remember going to the mall mm-hmm. and like an EB games or something like that sure. and pre-ordering it and getting that the disc. the disc with like the Ocarina of Time and Ocarina of Time Master Quest. Yes. Um that was like the pre-order Which bonus. Again, why is there no way to play the Master Quest on Switch right now? Yeah. That's should... right, there isn't. Why don't they do that? That would be cool. Put it they on should, there. They should put it on Nintendo Switch online. But yeah, and then the game came out in March and I remember playing some of it with my friend Thomas and then but similar to you, I did not. I I did not beat Wind Waker until later. Right, right. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I I feel like the game is. If you don't know really like what you're doing or what you're getting into, the first time you get to that like city island, that's not outset, right? Outset is where you start the game. Um, whenever you that 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 first like uh, island where there are a lot of uh, NPCs running around, um, that like. That's when the game almost like opens up too much, and you're like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know where to go next. Um, and like when you spend more time with the game, that's when that's like liberating, right, and exciting. But when you don't know what's going on, it's just kind of like, well, I don't. Now I'm lost. Yeah, I feel like the the opening of that game without knowing what comes later is weird because yeah, you, totally. you start out on Outset Island, and then the first thing like you do is a stealth mission. Which is not right. that fun. No, it's a bad stealth mission. Yeah. We talked about the the Zelda openings um, uh, a couple episodes back and like ranked them all. And I think we, well, we love like being little Link in his pajamas and his grandma, and, like how cute that all is. That fortress part is like a real bummer. Yeah, and so again, it really is like you're. It's easy to overlook it when, when you're familiar with the game as a whole, and you're like, okay, I just get through this. It's actually not that long if you know what you're doing. Yeah, and then I get on to like the fun parts of Wind Waker. But um, as a first-time experience, it did not grab me, for sure. So it sounds like neither of us are choosing uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker as our game of the year for this year. Um, Mark, let's start with you. Uh, what is what is your pick for game of 2003? Uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Wow, we're both going off campus for this one. <laughs> yeah, so this is an Ubisoft reinvention of Prince of Persia. And um, this first game is a lot of fun. The t- the later two games in the series, I feel like they would get progressively worse. But this first one was r- really cool, really fun, like action platformer game that the time mechanic, like being able to like reverse time, used really smartly. Um, Ubisoft doesn't make games like this anymore. I but it was at the time kind of like a sensation. They made a Disney mo- Disney made a movie out of it starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've never played any of these games. It, uh, I 
Oh wait, there was supposed to be. There's supposed to be a remake. There is like a yeah. remake theoretically coming. When it is released, I hope that it is a good remake. Um, I haven't played this game for a long time, but I remember loving it, and so I hope when that remake comes out that uh, that it's, it's still any true. Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of remakes or re-releases, more accurately, um. I'm actually going to submit here for my games of games, uh, plural, of 2003, the uh, GameCube re-releases of Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3. There we go. Um, Look, there there was definitely a point where I was like, okay, I don't have, like, the PlayStation in my life anymore. Um, I need to have a more durable, a more, like, current version of these games in my library. They re-released Resident Evil 2 and 3. Um, and I uh, played them again on GameCube. Again, was not playing very many games, um, but it was, I guess it probably was like in the summer where I was like, I'm going to play through these games again. Uh, and of course, love them because they're classics. Were these remade in the like remake engine or no. were they oh so it was just resident it was evil just 2 resident Re- evil 2 and resident evil 3 oh how interesting um but like you know i there was there was some uh you know like extra options and stuff like that um but yeah it was basically the exact same games that were on playstation uh you know like five years before huh but it made it made it so i had my complete resident evil collection at the time on gamecube because you get the uh, Resident Evil 1 remake on there, Zero, and then it had 2 and 3. I don't know if they ever made um, Code Veronica. They did. There was a Code on, Veronica on GameCube. for GameCube, yeah. Uh, and obviously 4 would uh, uh, also came out on In on fact, GameCube I think it might first. have... I think it might have been, That's right. I think it might have been released in 2003 as well. Well, the, then there you like go. Like Code I'm, Veronica Ultra or whatever it was I'm called. I'm counting them all. <laughs> Code Veronica X. That was the version that came out on PlayStation 2. Code Veronica X. Um, all right, so that's 2003. Uh, I'm sorry we both had to cheat for that one. Well, I, wait, how was mine a cheat? Because it wasn't a Nintendo game? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah fair. That's it. That's it. All right. Um, Lag on the play. Same way that mine's a cheat. So it's not a Nintendo game. <laughs> mine is also two games, and they're both re-releases of games. Anyway, um, we are going now to 30 years ago, which in some ways is a very long time ago, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, First thing I want to point out, 1993, the year the John Leguizamo, Bob Hoskins, Super Mario Brothers movie came it's out. It's like poetry, it rhymes. 30 years yes. later, we're yes. getting... I think this is the real reason why they delayed the animated Super Mario Brothers movie from uh, holiday 2002, like it was 2022, mm-hmm. like it was originally announced for, is because they knew that the best way to honor the uh, the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993 was to release this animated one 30 years later. What's weird to me is that looking back on the games from 1993, they feel like a long time ago, but not that long ago. Looking back on the Super Mario Brothers movie, that's a totally alien cinema landscape, 1993 to 2023. Um, So it's bizarre to me how much longer ago that feels like. Am I making sense? Does yeah. That make sense? No, that does make sense. True oh. to your experience? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Also interesting, 19, in 1993, Nintendo was supporting the NES, yes. the SNES, and the Game Boy. So the Super Nintendo had been out for, you know, like, it'll be, it was released in 1991. And they weren't releasing a ton of new games for the NES, but, like, third parties were still pumping third game, you know, like, licensed titles out. So the NES was still selling. Nintendo was making NES games. They were making cross-platform games, like Yoshi's Cookies 
was released on the NES, the yep. Game Boy, and the Super Nintendo. The final NES game wouldn't be wouldn't be released until next until the next year, nineteen ninety four. Right. So they're juggling three well, platforms now. Kirby's Adventure on the NES comes out in nineteen ninety three. That's so crazy to Isn't me. That, that is nuts? so late in yeah. uh, the NES's life. Um. So I find this year actually kind of difficult. This year is a mess because we are not early enough in the uh super nes's life cycle where we are getting like all the great bangers that like it launched with right uh and all of like the first two years of the super nes which are, are phenomenal and we're not late enough that we're getting those like late era masterpieces like final fantasy 3 like chrono trigger mario rpg all the donkey kong country games we're just not deep enough into that console's life cycle yet for any of those bangers. And I feel like we're in the same position with Game Boy, right? That we're not part of like the initial like rush to greatness uh with Game Boy games and we are pre obviously pre Pokémon, but we're pre even Donkey Kong 94, right? So like the pickings actually feel pretty slim here. Yeah, I mean there are still some notable releases, but uh to your point it's been interesting. We didn't intend this when we kind of like set this topic, but it feels like potentially 2023 for Nintendo is going to be like a lot of these years where there are going to be notable releases. I mean, obviously Tears of the Kingdom is coming out. Right. But a, a kind of like a, a an off year. Right. I mean, mind you, we're in uncharted territory now. Yes. <laughs> So who knows? Uh-huh. But I, I I I hear what you're saying, and I think I think you I think that's right. Um, what's there's also like there's just like a, a trend that I notice, and may, maybe it's just in these two games because uh, I, I didn't obviously comb through the entire library. Um, but we start to see um, Street Fighter Two clones like popping up on the uh, Super NES at this point. Um, I, I think it maybe doesn't come out until '94, uh, but. Um, uh, Mortal Kombat 2 is big in arcades in 1993, um, but uh, Clay Fighter and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighter both come out on Super NES in 1993. Bad Street Fighter likes, um, like chasing a trend and not being able to uh, to keep up with it, which is sort of what the whole year feels like to me. I mean, there are there are some notable new releases. Sure. In March of 1993, Star Fox was released. Mm-hmm. So that's a big one. You get, like you mentioned, Kirby's Adventure on the NES. Link's Awakening on the Game Boy came, comes out in August. You get Super Mario All-Stars also in August. Um, Zombie Ate My Neighbors in September. Super Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. Wrote that down oh, as that's, notable. That's a good one. Thank you for I I, I missed that. <laughs> Aladdin comes mm-hmm. out in November. Clay Fighter comes out in November. Jurassic Park also released in November of that year. Love Jurassic Park. So you on know Super th- NES. So, uh, but like, but for Nintendo specifically, it's, yeah, a, not it's a definitely a light year, right? Which is probably why Super Mario All Stars came out, right? Like. The, a reason to be like, hey, here are three of our greatest games we ever made on the NES. Mm-hmm. Now you can play them with new graphics and all in one package and blah, 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 blah. Like, that is the Metroid Prime remaster of 1993. It, absolutely. And it is my pick for uh, favorite game in 1993. We were recently on a an episode of Super NPCs where we talked about our top nine Super Nintendo games. It was me... Patrick, friend of the show, Connor McCabe, and Jeremy Schmidt. And 
uh, one friends of, of the show. They're both friends of the show. Yes, that's right. Right. right, right. Yeah. Uh, my and so one of my picks was Super Mario All Stars. For me, these are the versions of Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers Two, and Super Mario Brothers Three that I have like the most memory of. The ones with the updated Mario sprite and all the background, mm-hmm. you know, graphics and colors that are missing from the NES version. Um, I was young enough with the NES that like I did a lot of observing of my parents and like siblings uh-huh. play it, but I didn't play it that much myself. And so all of my I realized like all of most of my memories of actually playing those games come from the All Stars version. And yeah. uh, so I really love Super Mario All Stars. Uh but your memories of the lost levels, that's on the original Famicom, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Um that's a that's a great pick. It's a smart pick. Um there uh also just to keep shouting out super npc uh shows i was on their um their we draft um uh just this last week and i was tempted to but did not uh actually end up picking the release of super mario all-stars on Wii. um because then you're getting those games right and that's it was the exact it's the rom dumped onto a disc <laughs> um so I, I was tempted to go with uh, Star Fox for, for my poll here um, because it is a great game, uh, amazing arcade action. I love when those little uh, voices are talking to Bob, 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 Bob. So cool. But instead, I went with The Secret of Mana, um, which is a, a game that I just barely shouted out on our um, nine favorite uh, Super NES games uh, episode with uh, Connor and Jeremy but is such a good game that I felt bad for not shouting it out harder. Uh, so I'm doing it here. Um, it's a sequel to, uh, you know, in, in Japan, it was Psycho Densetsu. The first game uh, came out on the Game Boy, both here and in Japan. Uh, here is Final Fantasy Legend, no, Adventure, Final Fantasy Adventure in Japan is Psycho Densetsu. Um, and it's just a, uh, like, action RPG with sort of a Zelda perspective. Uh, where you charge up your attacks through like eight bars of of charging up eventually. Um, And there's spells based on these creatures that you summon. Um, It's multiplayer, so you can get up to three people like running around a map at at a time. Uh, There's a a boy, a girl, and a weird little sprite thing uh, that all have their own magic, their own abilities. And it's a super fun, like sort of straightforward story-wise, right? Like feels like a square RPG of the era, because it is. Um, but it makes fun use of like mode seven and you're flying a dragon around at one point that looks like the dragon from the never ending story. You can get shot out of a cannon to traverse the world. It's just a cool game. And the music's great. And the music rips. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what a, yeah, what a weird year for, uh, for, for Nintendo. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, Link's Awakening is on here. Nothing to sniff at. Sure. But, um, uh, yeah, just kind of a, more of a mixed bag. Uh, Mark, because we are so far in time right now, because we're in 2023, we could conceivably do 40 years ago. I know we haven't prepped for this. Yeah, I, 83. Let me tell you a couple of things that happened in 1983. Okay. If, if, if I may. Uh, yeah. Um, so Mario Brothers. Okay. The original, not Super Mario Brothers, uh-huh. but Mario Brothers. The arcade game. The arcade game. Come, comes out in uh, 1983, which means this is the first appearance of Luigi. Okay. Okay. So it's the original the year of Luigi. Yes, that's right. Which is why, of course, uh, one of the other ones would also be uh, another year of oh, Luigi. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right? This is all it, come, it, it, uh, sense. it all comes together. Um, 1983, of course, 
the release of Donkey Kong 3, which means it is also the first appearance of Stanley the Bugman. Uh-huh. Um, but 1983 is, the, you know, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, you please. know how uh, they're slang for like supporting someone and saying we stand? That yeah. must come from Stanley the Bugman, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, because only real fans know who Stanley the Bugman is. That's why we say we stand them, right? Yep. Um, 1983 is, of course, the year that the Famicom is released in, in Japan. Interesting. So if I have to pick one of those... <laughs> it's Donkey Kong 3. It's Donkey Kong 3. Yeah. First appearance of Stanley. I know. Yeah. Famicom. Okay, okay. whatever. What kind of a legacy does that leave? But Stanley the Bugman? Look, he would go on to star in Donkey Kong 3 again on, <laughs> on, the, on the Game & Watch. And then Greenhouse, maybe the best Game & Watch game there is. It's a tough battle. <laughs> He's totally erased from those games in the uh, Game & Watch it's gallery. It's a real shame. It's a crime against Stanley. Um, all right, Mark, uh, we've done our... Stan Manity? It's a Hugh, crime against Stan Hugh Manity? Stanity? <laughs> bug Manity. There it's we go. It's a crime yeah, against Bug, bug Manity. Manity. Uh, all right, Mark, let's close this out. Crime against Bug Manity. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Did, did we leave out your favorite uh, games from 5, 10, 20, 30, or even now 40 years ago? Uh, if so, you should write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Gmail Thank you to our 16-bit patron, Connor McCabe. Thank you, Connor. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can also join our Discord. Just email or tweet at us for an invitation, and we will let you in. Uh, Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, do you think we needed to explain that the music at the beginning of the episode was the music that plays when Mike travels through time in Star Tropics 2? Does it matter? No one's going to get it. Thank you for listening. <laughs>